Good morning, church. How are you doing? So glad to be with you virtually this morning. In case you haven't heard yet, I recently was tested positive for COVID. I'm here in the church, just Eric and I recording this, just to be safe not to be at church this weekend. I started having symptoms uh, two Thursdays ago, the day after Ezra's um, cochlear implant surgery. Just thought that I was wore down and exhausted from the emotions of the surgery, but it was actually COVID. I'm doing fine. Um, today, Sunday, is actually day 11, so I could be here, but just as um, being extra cautious, I'm staying home with the kids, and we're doing this virtually. Eric actually probably had COVID before I did two weeks ago. That's why he's here with you guys. And so everything is fine. We're fine. But just trying to be wise and to do this virtually. But I want to encourage you, lean in. We believe that there's no distance in the spirit. And so as we're pre-recording this message, it's the same spirit that's here in this moment as it is on Sunday morning. Let's open up a prayer. Lord, we love you so much and we thank you for this morning. God, you, we thank you and we recognize your presence that is among you, among us. And we thank you that there's no distance in the spirit. And so we lean in to what you have for us this morning. Lord, open up our ears, open up our heart to hear what the specific word that you have for us this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, hey, we are in week two of the ruthless elimination of hurry. Pastor Eric did a phenomenal job last week kicking off this series. We started by opening up in, with an invitation from Jesus that we see in Matthew eleven twenty eight through 30. Jesus gives this invitation to us. He says, hey, come to me, all of you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you. Learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart and you will find rest for your souls, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Jesus' invitation to us this series is to come to him and find rest for our souls. Last week, um, Pastor Eric talked about how a yoke is, is that wooden um, piece of machinery that's put between two oxen, and the purpose of that is for pacing. Jesus says, put the yoke of my pacing on you so your life is not in a hurry and you can find true rest. Last week, Pastor Eric challenged us and said, hey, if we want the life of Jesus, we need to embrace the lifestyle of Jesus. And it's probably, I want to just encourage you, I want to encourage you to lean in and be willing to really make some changes in your life to ruthlessly eliminate hurry. It's a totally different lifestyle. You know, I love, um, for those of you following along, where the series is inspired by this book called The Ruthless Elimination of Hurry by John Mark Comer. And early on in the book, he talks about this tension of how scripture says that we are made in the image of God. We hear about that a lot at church, right? We're made in the image of God that speaks to limitless potential. You know, scripture says that we can do all things through Christ who strengthens us and nothing shall be impossible for those who believe. Man, I love that kind of stuff. The dreamer in me wants to reach for the sky and nothing is impossible with God. <clears throat> but that's just one part of who we are. 
Scripture also talks about how we're human, right? We're made of literal dirt. Brought a bowl of dirt with me up here. We're made of dirt, and that speaks to the limits that are on our life. We only have so many hours in the day. We only have so much energy that our body can conjure up on a daily basis. Our heart can only carry so many responsibilities and roles in our life. As we enter this topic of hurry, we need to balance out the fact that we are both made in the image of God and nothing is impossible with God, and that's absolutely true. But we're also made of dust, and with that is limitations. And with that, we have to follow the pacing of Jesus so our soul can be well. It's good perspective as we talk about hurry. So back to the topic of hurry. So um, in this book, The Ruthless Elimination of Hurry, John Mark Comer gives us insight to a conversation that inspired the title of this book in this series. It was a conversation between John Ortberg and Dallas Willard, two great men of faith, um, theologians. John was a pastor, and they were having conversation one day, and Dallas was more of a spiritual director for John. And John said, Dallas, what do I need to do to become the me that I want to be? Dallas thought about it for a little bit, and he said, you need to ruthlessly eliminate hurry from your life. So John wrote down some notes and was like, okay, that's cool. I can do that. And he kind of leaned in and was like, okay, what else? What else is there for me to be the me that that I want to be, that I know God's calling me to be? And Dallas looked at him, and he said, that's it. I have the actual quote here. He says, There's nothing else. Hurry is the greatest enemy to the spiritual life of of this modern day. You must ruthlessly eliminate hurry from your life. Makes sense, doesn't it? We We can't abide in love, joy, and peace with a hurried soul. We can't live in the kingdom of God with a hurried soul. So God's not in a hurry. I can be in a hurry sometimes. How about you? So what do we do? And, and maybe you're like, okay, let's get to the practicals. So what? We get, we're, we're busy. We need to change something. So what do we do about it? That's what we're going to be talking about for the rest of this morning and for the next two Sundays. We're going to talk about how do we ruthlessly eliminate hurry from our life. Starts with four practices. I'll share them with you right now. Four practices of an unhurried life, silence and solitude. That's what we're talking about this morning. The second one, though, is Sabbath. And let me tell you, if um, today's going to be good, but next week, Pastor Eric's teaching on Sabbath, and you are not going to want to miss it. It is the hinge pin to this topic. It is the Mac Daddy of how to live an unhurried life, because if you truly Sabbath, that it impacts not just that day of rest, but every other day um, that leads up to it. We're going to talk about silent solitude, the practice of Sabbath, and the practice, and then the last week, the practice of slowing and simplicity. And I love that word practice, because practice is the end game. Practice is the finish line. We will never perfect the unhurried life. Every day we're going sh- to wake up, we're going to show up, and we're going to say, God, I'm going to practice 
this unhurried rhythm. I'm going to practice yoking up with you. And each day I'm going to get a little bit better. And each day my soul is going to get a little bit healthier. But it's practice because there's going to be numerous days that we don't get it perfectly. In Mark 6, verse 31, Jesus is with his disciples and they've had a busy season of ministry, coming and going and people needing them to teach and heal and meet their needs and all of this. And and Jesus turns to his disciples in Matthew 6, 31, and he said to them, come aside by yourself. He said, hey, disciples, hold up. Come aside by yourself. Let's go to a deserted place and rest a while. Scripture goes on to say, for there were many coming and going, and they did not even have time to eat. We see all throughout Scripture, and we've talked about this on a lot of Sundays, how Jesus was in the habit every morning to wake up before the sun rose to get away to a deserted place or a solitary place or a lonely place, a place alone with the Father to find rest for his souls. That's what Jesus is saying to you this morning. It's what he's saying to me. You need to get away by yourself to a deserted place and get some rest. So what does that look like? That leads us into this whole topic of silence and solitude. You know, if you've been a believer for any length of time, I'm I'm sure you've had someone encourage you to read your Bible every day and to pray every day and to have daily quiet time with the Lord or daily devotional time with the Lord. And That's kind of what we're talking about this morning, but it's kind of totally not what we're talking about this morning. I think if we could all be honest, um, habits can become religious if we're not careful. This um, rhythms of, of rest, this elimination of hurry in our life is, is a practice of having a postured heart a disciplined, postured heart, and pacing of life that allows us to fully abide in Christ. It's, it, 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 it will include reading your Bible, and it will include prayer, but it's more than that. It's a, posture, it's a disciplined posture of your heart, intentional pacing of life that allows you moment by moment to abide with Christ. The spiritual director to C.S. Lewis, the writer of the Chronicles of Narnia and and many theological books, um, his mentor, C.S. Lewis's mentor, his name um, is Walter Adams. He had this to say about how hurry impacts our prayer life. He said this, to walk with Jesus is to walk with a slow, unhurried pace. Notice, you know, we never say, let's run with Jesus. Let's go running with Jesus. No, it's always a walk. It's always a slow, unhurried pace. He goes on to say, hurry is the death of prayer and only impedes and spoils our work. It never advances it. Hurry, the death of prayer. So we're talking about silence and solitude. Silence and solitude with a quiet and unhurried heart. Can we talk about Grandma Polly? Can you picture Grandma Polly? She's been waiting all week for your visit. She's got a pot of coffee, maybe a pot of tea on the table. She's got all afternoon to talk. Can you, can you sense the pacing of Grandma Polly? 
I think if we're honest, Jesus's pacing is a lot more like Grandma Polly than we want to admit. And if we're honest, our pacing is probably a lot more like a middle schooler addicted to TikTok. The hurry, the pace that we enter our times of quiet with the Lord in the morning impact a lot. Because if we're rushing in like a wrecking ball to our time with the Lord in the morning, it could look pretty dysfunctional. iPhone in hand, a hurried soul, a rushed schedule, you get to your time with the Lord. <sighs> Lord, I'm exhausted, and I've got like five minutes, but I'm desperate to hear you talk, so please speak, Lord. <sighs> I've got a big day ahead. Lord, please help. I need your help. So I'm going to open up the Bible app. Well, no. Actually, I'm going to go to Facebook first. Let me go to Facebook real quick. Oh, yeah. Oh, my goodness. That family picture is so cute. Interesting that he posted that. Huh. Oh, that's nice. She liked that picture. Oh, right, right. Bible app. Let's go to Bible app. Okay, scripture of the day. Read that one before, but all right, here we go. All right, let's see uh, the video of the day. Let's see who is it. Christine Kane, my girl. Oh, that's good. Good word. Good word. Love it. All right, I got to pray. Lord, help me today. I'm desperate for your help. I need your help. Just help me in Jesus' name. Amen. And I should probably read my Bible real quick. Let's do Russian roulette. What do we got for today? Hear, my children, the instruction of a father and give attention to no understanding. Yes, my kids need to listen to their father. <sighs> Lord, help me today. Anybody ever been there before? It was quiet time, kind of kind of connected with Jesus. I mean, we, we talked to him, but man, it was rushed, wasn't it? And it was hurried, and my soul was hurried, and it, it wasn't silence. There wasn't silence involved, and it wasn't really solitude. My, my soul was so rushed. And hey, I've been there before. I'm sure you've had a quiet time in the morning that looks something like that, and it's better than nothing. Remember, we're practicing but I think there's a pacing that could be a lot better. Remember Grandma Polly? What would it look like if we entered our quiet time with the Lord with a pacing like Grandma Polly? And can I talk about <clears throat> the phone for a minute? The distractions and the lack of silence that this brings to our life. There's voices always going on when this is in our hand. What if... The phone has a charging station in a room as far away from your bedroom as possible. What if you set a bedtime for your phone and you put it to bed well before you went to bed? What if your phone was not the last thing that you touched before you go to bed and it wasn't the first thing that you touched in the morning? What if you parented your phone and you said, I need silence in my life. I need an unhurried soul. I need to lay in bed before I go to bed and just breathe deeply and say, thank you, God, for today. What if that was part of our pacing with the Lord? What if we approached our quiet time in the morning with the pace of Grandma Polly, who's got all afternoon and a pot of tea and can't wait to talk? 
And I'm not saying you got to have all afternoon to talk to Jesus. You can have the pacing of Grandma Polly and just have five minutes in the morning, and it's a lot more fruitful than what we just saw when we're like a middle schooler addicted to TikTok. So let's replay that. Let's see, what would Grandma Polly's pacing look like in quiet time with the Lord? (sighs) Maybe you take a deep breath in. Good morning, Lord. Thank you for today. Thank you, Lord. Just going to be still and silent in your presence for a moment. You know something in the uh, Ruthless Elimination of Hurry book, John Mark Comer talks about how he has a, a habit of every morning during this time of, of silence. He, he visualizes, he meditates on God's love. He visualizes God the Father and God the Son and God the Holy Spirit glancing at him in love. And he receives their love in that visualization every morning. It's been something I've been starting to do the last couple of weeks since I saw his practice. So what if our quiet time with the Lord looks something like that? Lord, I visualize God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit gazing on me in love. Lord, I receive your love this morning. And as I'm still before the Lord, I'm just saying, Lord, search me and know me, know my heart. So I just become aware of what's going on in my soul. Is there anything that's heavy, a burden that I need to give to the Lord? Lord, I give you my burdens. Is there anything that's joyful that I just need to give thanks and praise to the Lord? God, I thank you and I praise you for that. And this moment might last for 30 seconds or it might last for 10 minutes. Probably will be different every day. Grandma Polly style pace, just open up the Bible to wherever you were reading the day before or however the Lord is leading you to read scripture that morning, but do it in an unpaced, in an unrushed pace. Scripture says to meditate the word, chew on it, soak on it. So take some time to read the word. As the scripture pops out to you, maybe you write it in your journal. You make a note of what God's doing in your heart, what God's doing in the scriptures. Maybe if you've got an extra long time that morning, you journal out some thoughts to the Lord, or you pray, you journal out a prayer to the Lord, or maybe you don't have time for that this morning, so you just go to the Lord in prayer. God, I thank you for today. God, I thank you for your love. And Lord, I just ask for your help. You ask for his help on all the different areas. You thank him. In Jesus' name, amen. Grandma Grandma Polly pacing is where it's at. Just being still before the Lord. Amen. Amen. I'm going to take a drink of water real quick. Our quiet time looks a lot different when our soul is not rushed. 
And like I said, maybe you've got five minutes and maybe you've never done this before, but you're like, I'm gonna start doing this every morning for like two minutes. And I'll read one scripture and I'll have a moment of silence before the Lord. Man, that's a great place to start. Maybe you've got extra time. You wanna wake up early, you've got extra time. It doesn't matter the amount of time. It matters the posture of our heart towards the Lord. I love this scripture in John 15, four through six. Jesus says, abide in me and I in you, as the branch cannot bear fruit of itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. He who abides in me and I in him bears much fruit, for without me, you can do nothing. Was I to say, if you don't abide in me, he's cast out as a branch and withered, and as they gather them, they throw them into the fire and they're burned. Jesus says, abide in me. The Greek word for that word abide, it's a verb. It's a state of being or an action. It's doing something. There's action behind that word as we are abiding in the Father. The the Greek word for the Greek, original Greek word used in that is, is meno, and it means to stay, remain. So it's to stay in Jesus, to remain in him, to be fully present, continually in Jesus. We can't do that with a rushed soul. To not depart, to not leave, to continue to be present. Another way to define it would be to continue, to swell, endure, be present, remain, stand, tarry, wait. To abide in Jesus, as Jesus encourages us, calls us to do, we have to have an unhurried soul. We have to have moments of silence and solitude to be still before the Lord, to open up our heart fully to him. There's another book Eric and I really love on this topic of rest and healthy rhythms. It's called The Emotionally Healthy Leader by Pete Scazzaro. Really great book. It's a much deeper dive than the book, than this Ruthless Elimination of Hurry book. Really recommend it if you want more resources. He also has a podcast called um, The Emotionally Healthy Leader. Super, super great content. But anyways, he, he talks about the same stuff as we're reading in the Unhurried book. And, and something he talks about is how he has a daily office. He doesn't just have silence and solitude in the morning, but he intentionally has it, a moment of silence and solitude throughout the day. And he calls um, union with Christ, he, he calls abiding in Christ or having this unhurried moment of silence and solitude with him. In the book, he calls it having loving slowing down for loving union or slowing down in order to lovingly abide. And he defines this this way in the book. He says, bearing fruit requires slowing down enough to give Jesus direct access to every aspect of our lives and of our leadership. Loving union or lovingly abiding is an act of surrender, giving God complete access, and we can't do that in a hurry. We must be humbly accessible with the door of our hearts continually open to him. Jesus doesn't force that on us. It's something that only we can do. So he calls it, I'm slowing down for loving union, another way of saying silence and solitude or abiding in Christ. And he does that numerous times throughout the day. What a great practice. I try to do the same every day. Another thing that he talks about in his book is, um, 
a great man of faith from numerous generations ago, Aquinas of Loyola, um, he talked about consolations and desolations with the Lord in these times of practicing the presence of the Lord and says, hey, when you're having a quiet time with the Lord, when you're still before him, whether it's in the morning or you're having a moment, a break at work, and you're able to go out to your car or to a quiet room to just be still before the Lord, as your heart is open to the Lord and you're just being still before him, it's good to be aware of what are the consolations going on in my heart right now? Those would be things that are bringing you joy, making you feel fulfilled. Like, what is that that's making you feel fully alive that's going on in life right now? That's where the presence of the Lord is, right? That's, that's the fruit of being abiding in him. But then also being aware of, is there any desolation in my heart right now? Is there anything in life that just feels like death? Is there anything that just feels so heavy and like feels like striving? And it's good to just be aware of that. Be aware what's going on in your heart. It helps us to discern what God's will is and what he's doing in our life. So just want to encourage you in that. And so as you're joining us this morning, or maybe you're listening to it later this week, you might be like, yes, this is exactly what I need. I know I need to slow down. I know I need to have quiet times of solitude and rest and silence. But some of you this morning might be like, I don't need any of this. This is a bunch of hocus pocus yoga meditation stuff, and I ain't got time for that. I got stuff to do, and this ain't for me. I want to say two things if you're feeling that way this morning. First, I want to say that God is the author of rest. Rest has to be a rhythm in our life. Jesus or God rested on the seventh day. He doesn't need to rest, but he did. He is the origin of true rest, and so we have to lean into him for that. Meditation is something that's really popular in culture right now, but man, it goes back thousands of years to the Old Testament, the book of Joshua, where God encourages, encourages us to meditate, to chew on, to think about, to renew our mind to the word every single day, and that that's the path of success in our walk with the Lord. So these things are from God. They're not worldly things. And I just want to say, you know, there's nothing horribly wrong with yoga or meditation or different things like this from a world's vantage point unless the source in the center of that meditation is eyes back on you. You can use some of these practices of relaxation and meditation and all of that for the Lord if he is at the center and he is the source of how you're receiving rest. But man, if we're at the center and it's just self-actualization, that is a dry well. And it's not God's will for our life to depend on ourselves. His will for our life is to depend on him. And I also want to say, man, we all want healthy marriages, healthy bodies, healthy lives. We want to be good parents. And the only way that we can do that is with a healthy soul. And the only way to have a healthy soul is to have rhythms of rest in our life. I'm going to close with a couple of practical questions here in a minute. But first, I just want to make a comment on our phones because this is a new phenomenon. We used to have silent moments throughout the day, time to just even think, time to pray throughout the day. But now anytime that we're free, we just turn on the phone and it's such a distraction, eliminating these moments of solitude and silence throughout the day. Eric and I, many of you guys know, Eric and I pioneered and led a college-age discipleship program 
at our previous church at Valley Family Church from 2009 to 2017. The iPhone came out in 2007, but the first couple of years of us leading this discipleship program, most students did not have a smartphone, although they were out. And so we have a distinct memory of those first couple of years. They're being distraction-free. They are taking notes with paper. They are opening up their Bible physically. They were not on a phone. There was not distractions. There was this hunger and this thirst for God that was so raw and authentic. Eric and I both have a distinct memory. We both think it was the fall of 2012 where every student had a smartphone. And it changed the dynamic of their spiritual growth in outrageous ways. We were like, what just happened? Because instead of opening up their Bible, they would open up their Bible on their phone. And then during class, they're checking email, they're doing social media. And, you know, students today, you guys understand that's like the life that we live in. But it's a distraction. And we have experienced firsthand the decline of spiritual growth and hunger for the Lord when students had that phone in their hand and when they didn't. And then we have a distinct memory two years later, I think it was in 2014, when Snapchat blew up again. And all of a sudden, that was another distraction that, again, really plummeted people's spiritual growth and this authentic heart towards the Lord. So, man, I want to encourage us to parent our phone. So much of our soul can be unhurried if we have boundaries for our phone. You know, for Eric and I, we have a charging station for all of our iPads and all of our phones on the lower level of our house. And we try to have, um, you know, you can put timers on your phone so that you're not on it during certain times of the day. Um, Lately, we were in a really good habit before COVID of putting our phone away before waking up. And the last month or so, I've been doing it, and it's been so life-giving. And I'm so glad to be back in that practice. I really encourage you to consider How can you parent your phone better? So two questions for today, and then we'll close in prayer. In what ways does your current pace in life and leadership enhance or diminish your ability to allow God's will and presence full scope to your life? So how are you doing? How is the pace of your life and your leadership allowing God to have full scope of your heart throughout the entire day? And is there any tweaks that you can make to allow that to be possible? And then I already said this, but what boundaries on your phone do you need to establish this week? I want to encourage you guys. This is the first of many practices to have moments of silence every single day, moments of solitude away to a place away by yourself. And and you just got to locate what is that place? This chair up here is actually my Devo chair. I don't really sit in this chair unless I'm having quiet time with the Lord in the morning or the evening. It's a set-apart place. What is that set-apart place for you in your home or outside? You know, Eric and I will run and work out and have quiet time with the Lord, and going for walks in the morning has been wonderful, not only for physical health, but also silence, going out there without earbuds on, just listening to nature and and opening up my heart before the Lord. I want to encourage you, man, let's ruthlessly eliminate hurry from our life. I want to encourage you to find ways that you can incorporate silence and solitude in your life. Let's pray. Lord, we love you so much, and we thank you for the opportunity to eliminate hurry from our life. God, I ask that you open up our heart that we can see 
Lord, the way that our current pacing is either helping or distracting from living a life where our heart is fully open to you and we're able to fully hear your voice and discern your will on all of the big things and all of the small things in life. We pray this all in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks for listening to this week's podcast. To further connect with us at Alive, visit us at alivefamily.church. And remember, people matter and Jesus is alive.